This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi guys, welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we have uh, what is, you know, NFL list time. It's it's silly, it's arbitrary, it's super subjective, all of the corny things that you want to kind of uh, I've kind of put in there. I'm going to add my good friend, John Colosimo, who is going to join me tonight. We're going to talk about lists, man, these stupid NFL lists, because... You know, you guys don't have anything to talk about from the Browns. We don't have anything to talk about from the Browns. We might as well just make fun of other people's terrible list of players, right? You know, John, that's... That, yeah, these are always terrible ideas. They're, I mean, I they're just terrible ideas. They are. But we got we to gotta talk about something this time of year, and it's kind of fun. It can be fun. Fun's an interesting word choice. I don't know if that's the right one. It's an interesting thing to see what other people outside the league think of Cleveland players. You know, I I fall into this trap of like trying to play the middle ground between the the, the Browns. Baker Mayfield is a perfect example between way too much love for Baker Mayfield within Brown circles and then way too much hatred for Baker Mayfield outside of Brown circles. And it's like I try to find what is the the middle ground truth there, right? I try to find that as best I can. I know I know you and I have a lot of conversations off air about it, but like that's the only thing this does for me is show me, you know, Marcus Spears, right? John had an interesting Browns are the most talented roster in the AFC. I like to hear people who try to study the rest of the league what they think. And this thing kicks off. Let me let me share this. Uh, again, this is Pete Prisco. All credit to CBS. I'm not trying to copyright your stuff, my friends. Just showing your list so we can talk about it. Enough time. I got a son. Busy life. I can't make a graphic on everything in my life. <laughs> the one that I find most interesting off the rip, John, I want to get your opinion on. You know, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, he's favoring quarterbacks, kind of ignoring age, potential decline, whatever. Is the TJ Watt is the sixth overall player. Miles Garrett's nine. I, I try I think TJ Watt's a hell of a football player. I think he's he's a complete player from from the perspective of playing both phases of the game. Uh, I do think that he has a lot of opportunity. What people do, like Pete here, try to say he led the NFL in sacks with 15 and was a runner for defense play of the year. I think, personally, what happens with him is people point to stats, but they don't point to the help he has along that defensive front to get those stats. But I still think TJ Watt's a great player. I just don't, in a world where a guy like Brandon Thorne, who breaks down high-quality, low-quality sacks and everything in between, 
you know, and his rankings are based on uh, a guy, the guy's going up against skill, how easy the sack was to accomplish. Was it a sack where you were unblocked? Or is it a sack where the tackle just completely whiffed or a protection issue? Or was it one where you beat a high caliber player with a move or a double move or you beat a double team? That stuff's tracked. And Miles was by far the best in the league last year. So I think we have ways to go with studying defensive end play. I think PFF tries to crack the egg a little bit, but they don't fully cook the egg. Like that analogy. Uh, I don't think they fully cook it. I think Brandon really is on to something. But I'm not a homer I don't know. You're a Browns fan too. So at our core, we're Browns fans. We try to be as objective as possible, but at minimum, they're the same player. I think Miles is more talented. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And he's had by far less help um, online, uh, you know, along the the whole front seven as a whole. And it, but you do see when people start to rank the defensive ends, you, you see T.J. Watt in there, you see Bosa's in there, and that's generally the group uh, at this point. Uh, you know, people seem to be leaving out, um, you know, um, they seem to be leaving out Mac for some reason these days. But uh, with, like, the list that you've seen this offseason seem to be the Bosa's, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Um, I think that Miles generally comes out on top of that list um, for for most, but this seems kind of like a, a fan-type ranking. I, just mm-hmm. in general, it's weird to me. Like, I, I don't like these lists when you combine all these players. I just think that positional value is so different that I think trying to do a all-encompassing best players in the NFL list is just bad. To begin with, it's really it's really hard because not all positions on the field are created equal, right? Like the difficulty right. of some positions is extremely uh, more more broad, I guess, in terms of what it takes to succeed than it does at other positions. So it's hard to to make a, a list of full on play. I mean, you know, they don't. He doesn't even list uh, another Brown until and and again, like. You know, Demarcus Lawrence is fine. Is he a better football? Allen Robinson, a better football player than Nick Chubb right now? Michael Thomas lately? <laughs> like, I just, I just don't see. I mean, you try not to every. I'm sure if you talked with every fan base, um, you know, if you talked with every single fan base, it would, it would be uh, uh, some sort of complaint, right? Like that would be a thing that goes on there. But I mean, to have no Browns players between nine and sixty-three feels a little crazy to me. No John Johnson at all who I think Pro Football Focus graded him as their third overall safety today, which yep. feels about right to me. Uh, we'll finish this thing out and kind of talk about some other players. They they give Odell 81. I can't remember. Joel Batonio's 86. And then for some reason, unbeknownst to me, he has some interesting late quarterbacks there. Wyatt Teller gets on at 96. So they have, what, four there? Um, and then... It just missed. Apparently, there were 75 players who just missed his top 100. So he has 175 <laughs> players. I don't know, man. I it's so it's all over the board. It's probably people who follow Pete Prisco probably think that he hates uh, he hates everything about Cleveland or or whatever. But I, I mean, like, I think the better question that happened today, John, was Ken Carmen, who was of 90 of the fan up in Cleveland, who said. Who would, this is a good question. Who would you consider the best football player on the Cleveland Browns? And you ignore positional value. You ignore arbitrary things that you could say, this, that. Just who's the best football player? So I'm interested in what you thought of that question and who you would consider the best football player. I think most of us would agree it's one guy, but 
I think it's a little yeah. more open to conversation than that, right? Yeah, I mean, you could. There's discussion, but I mean, Miles Garrett is is the guy right now. Until you know, um, I think that there's times where Denzel can play like one of the best corners in the league. Um, I think that uh, Nick Chubb um, advised for the best running back of the league. I think there's some things that he could do more in the passing game, which maybe holds him out of that. Um, you know, but we have several guys that vie for the best at their position of the league. So, so it's a discussion. But to me, I think Miles is Miles is the guy. You're gonna ask me that. That's 95 is always gonna be the answer for me um, until you know coming into the season. Let's put it that way. Sure, sure. I kind of look at it as could Miles play linebacker and be okay? Yeah, probably. He could be fine there. Could he like find as uh, if if he played big safety in like a four two five defense? Could you put him at slot and he would hold his own as like an overhang defender? <laughs> yeah, he'd be fine. Could you put him at tight end? Sure, I think he'd be okay. Could you hand him the football and get a couple yards? Probably. You know, like could you put him at wide receiver and he wins a jump ball? Sure, I think he could do those things. It's kind of the same thing. The only person I thought about with this as well was Odell, where it's like yeah. if you put Odell, does Odell has a crazy arm. He can kick the football extremely well. If you caught some of the pregame videos, a dude can kick from like 45 yards in. Um, he, he, uh, he's obviously quite fine as a wide receiver. He can handle that role. He could, he could put his finger in the, fingers in the dirt and play tight end, I guess, if he needed to a little bit. He's going to get waxed, but he could, he could at least do some of the things the position requires. Could he play like an overhang defender on defense? Probably. Could be an annoying pressure guy going after the quarterback, making a one plant, making somebody miss in protection. Sure. Uh, could he could he play slot corner? Absolutely. I think he could play corner. So it's like he's another guy who that's probably the true the, the case. Like I love Nick Chubb, but I don't know Nick, Nick could probably play linebacker, and that's probably it. You know, I just don't <laughs> see the lateral ability. Like uh, could could uh, could Denzel play wide receiver? Sure. Could he do some of the other things like throw a football? Do some of the stuff Odell can do? No. So it's like I see sort of Odell and Miles as the two clear favorites there you know if you wanted to look at the big guys like the offensive linemen Joel Batonio is much better athlete than people give him credit for I, I definitely think Joel Batonio is is uh is he could have had a great career as a tackle you know I think I, I think he could have handled that and I think he would when they flirted with that before the Ronnie Harrison move there a couple years back he was I thought he was fine in camp so uh he's I would say Joel's going to go down as one of the best Browns in history, especially this phase of Browns football. He'll he'll go down as one of the better ones. They're very durable. Yeah, I hope they can work out a long term contract. But yeah, he'd be the guy you'd point to. I mean, why? Why tell? It seems like a pretty good athlete too, uh, as far as like you caught some of his his spring like when he falls and springs back up and some of those just rare explosion things. So um, it's a fun question. Denzel was ranked eighth. Among corners in the NFL uh, from Pro Football Focus, do you think that's right? I don't have an issue with it. You know, he he's got the injury concerns. He doesn't he hasn't had great tackling numbers since he's been in the league. Um, when he's been on the field, he's been pretty damn good. But you know, when in terms of this list, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue for him at number one. So you know, mm -hmm. the difference between maybe three, four, and eight probably isn't you know that much. And if he comes out and plays a full healthy year he can easily be you know top three but i wouldn't argue that he's better than Jalen ramsey no probably not in the jair alexander conversation yet either i think jair's been right. just a bit more more consistent football player that james bradbury fifth from the giants i was kind of like that's interesting 
Don't totally yeah, see that. I try and like to take a blurry kind of wide-eyed view at these rankings like that, where yeah. you know um, you get into those specifics, and there's always some you know wonky picks. I mean, the the one that you know I don't mean to like get completely out of order, but like the one that stood out to me on Briscoe's. I mean, he's got Derrick Henry as the 11th best player in the league. That's that's bonkers to me. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, you get into the specifics on some of these. I don't have a problem. I think Denzel belongs somewhere in that kind of three to eight range, depending on mm-hmm. on what you're looking at specifically. I think so. Sure, sure. If you bro- kind of like broke them down between uh, zone and cover corners, man corners, stuff like that, I think you would get a little higher. I mean, like, I think this year, if he's fully healthy, he has a chance to jump into that type, top five category. Tredavious White from the Bills type, type territory. Sure. Uh, that he could get into there. I think he's right on the cusp. I think he's, unless he just has a terrible injury luck season, doesn't play well and all that, I, I certainly don't see a way in which they don't keep him to uh, give him another contract. Such a tough position to always find, guys. I like thinking about candidates that can make a jump, too. You would love to see one of Greedy or Greg Newsom creep onto the end of that list, right? Uh, one of the 32 guys by the end of this season going into next season. That would be a ton of fun to see those guys creep on. And... um you know, they don't have to be the guy. Denzel is and Denzel's the guy, so they have an opportunity to cover the lesser of uh, of opposing teams' weapons. So the safety rankings also came out. Again, lists are stupid. We hate them, but we love them when our guys are near the top, right? Like <laughs> sure. John Johnson's the third-ranked safety. This was cool. I think it's really neat. John Johnson's the third-ranked safety, which feels about right to me. He was behind... Um, Boy, Simmons. Justin Simmons and someone else. It wasn't Jesse Bates, who I thought no, they were Harris, right. Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, a longevity deal there with Harrison, who's, who's still great. Um, yeah, that's a great ranking for him. He's been near the elite mark in three of four seasons. He had the injury-riddled season his third year in, so that's awesome that the Browns have now added a third, a top-five player at the position and at a position of dire need. And what was cool was seeing Ronnie Harrison – Leak on there at 30, a guy who could take a real jump. And Grant Delpit, who we all probably would consider a more talented player than, than uh, and from a physical tool standpoint, you could say is a higher ceiling guy than John Johnson. I don't know what Grant Delpit the leader looks like, right? I don't, I don't know some of those things quite yet. Um, but uh, I, I certainly think that they, they have a nice basis now with those two guys in the top 30 and a guy who, has every bit the opportunity to to creep onto that list himself too, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I spent some time thinking about uh, you know rookies, and we kind of have some situations where some of these guys are almost like rookies in Delpit and um, uh, Greedy Williams. Uh, you know, I think that people. I saw a ranking I think the other day that had the uh, the Browns as the best defense in the AFC, and I have high hopes for this defense, but. Um, if you're if you're going to talk about any kind of defense and and list uh, players that are either rookies or you know were injured and coming back from rookies, like it's kind of a ninety percent of rookies that do not have years. You know, I mean that's no, just kind of, no. that's just the facts. You know, like ninety yeah. percent of the rookies are probably going to grade sixty or lower in PFF this year. So you know, like you. You want to be one of the lucky guys. Denzel Ward had a very good rookie season. I mean, we consider Jedrick Wills having a very good season. He was like 63, something like that, you know, and that yeah. was a pretty good season. Yeah. That was nice. But, um, you know, you, you don't know, want the pressure on those guys, right? Absolutely. 
you know, so having Greedy, having um, Newsome, having Delpit, um, and, you know, a guy like JOK, you would hope that, you know, if you if you got two of those guys that had pretty good seasons this year, I mean, you're, you're doing pretty well percentages-wise. And, and that would be what takes, I think, the Browns from – um, a, a very improved defense to something, you know, inside the top 10, top five type deal. But you don't expect that. You don't, you don't sit there and say the Browns are, are you know, going to be a top five defense because of JOK and Newsom. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Or Delpit. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of these guys. They got a ton of talent, but we'll see. Yeah, I think if they just get into the top 10, that's a huge win for me. I mean, that's like huge. being a top 10 NFL defense is really good, you yeah. know. Uh, and, and there's really few teams with the way defensive uh, data performance is so unpredictable. It's, there's some level of prediction, but the sustainability is not quite as consistent as offenses, right? So, like, if, if, if there's teams like the Rams who feel really good about their defense and, and fans should expect certain things, but and even the Rams are going through some changes. They lost their oh, DC. Yeah. They lost John Johnson. They lost Troy Hill. They lost some parts. So... I think you just look at paper talent and then see what do you think the ceiling is. I think the ceiling is a top five defense. Uh, and then I think what you should expect is a top half of the league defense. Top 15 would be what they what they have invested, John, right? And what, what you would hope the talent can turn into. Any number of things can happen to the talent. They could get hurt. At any, a lot of these guys are injury risks. It's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. But you make a great point, John, about – you can't sit here and say, well, Greg Newsom and John and, and, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and Tommy Togia, these guys are going to be stalwart. That, if you get that play like play like you got from Denzel before his concussions his rookie year, that's that's unexpected. You cannot expect guys. To, it, it, it could happen like the way it did for Denzel, but for the most part, you get seasons like, you know, like like Greedy Williams, who was sort of in the 60s and 50s, and that's okay. You're You're an average player. You get the feel for it. You get the little nuances down, uh, and then you go from there. And it's that's what you want, and especially from Grant Delpit, who's coming back from his series. And he is a rookie. There's he didn't get any real time. I mean, he right. was hurt so early in camp, and he didn't get, obviously didn't know what he got preseason games. You want Grant to hit a stride by midseason. And the best part about it is, even JOK, who has a clear path to a to a starting role in this defense. If it doesn't work out right away for him, they're not in trouble. If Grant needs time to get ready to play, you're not in trouble. You you have two safeties you can play all the time and and uh and and can be okay. Like that's the thing. None of these rookies have this have the Jedrick Wills situation where, hey man, if Jed doesn't start at left tackle for us week one, we're in a heap of trouble. Like that's not a thing. And so that's the beauty of the roster construction right now. And I think what Andrew Barry, if you got him alone to talk to him, would say is, man, like if he sat down to reflect on where he is right now, two years into this thing, not even two years into it, it's truly one year plus some change, is I like that we're in a position now where we don't have to make young football players make winning plays all the time. We have, we have ways to combat young rookies developing. That's a huge thing. Because teams that are consistently asking rookies to come in and be really big contributors, I, they're why teams continually draft high. It's just the it's the fact, man. Sometimes you hit on them, but sometimes you don't. More often than not, you don't. So you need that, right, John? Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you know the you know the times where you get like a Tampa Bay who has a draft class with Worfs and Winfield, or yep. the Saints who got 
you know, that insane draft class a few years ago with Lattimore and um, Marcus Williams and um, yep. Ramzik and I think Kamara was in there as well. Like, it was, like that's fan fiction for draft yeah. nerds, you know, like that, yeah. that just, yeah. you know, that happens once five, 10 years, you get a draft class like that where these guys come in and they're stars right away. And so, yeah, you'd hope for that, but you know, you just, you can't expect it. I think you've got the, you, you said it right a few minutes ago. The expectation should be a top half defense uh, with a high ceiling. If, if we get a couple of home runs here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I listen that, that, that analysis is spot on. It's, it's, um, it's rare. And, and the thing that like Antoine had and, and Worf's had is like a championship level group around them, right? Like not, not even the Tampa Bay defense had a lot of developing to do. And that saying Antoine wasn't a huge part of that is it's fiction. He was a very big part of that. But you, you know, if you can find one of those guys right away, Ali, what's up, man? You're a fan from the UK. I see you in the comments. That's cool, man. Welcome aboard. Um, you know, that that stuff is not expected, but if you you hear quotes, you hear things, you hear, you watch preseason games. If JOK gets it early, you'll see it. You'll see it, right? And Greg Newsom, you'll see it too. These guys, okay, they get it right away. You can tell. And But what you want is the guys like Greedy Williams, the guys like Jordan Elliott, the guys now going into year two. I need to see you make a bigger impact now because now is where it's like, okay, your foot's on the gas. You've had a full year in the league. You know the ins and outs of – what you're expected to do in the preseason, what you're expected to do leading up to the season, what the game days look like, what the game speed feels like. You have to start showing it year two, especially if you're not a first-round pick where you get only four years. you got to show it. So year two jumps are very real. So that's what you would hope to see is a lot of year two jumps from these guys, and Jed Wills especially. Uh, it's 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 hard. Yeah, I think there was a quote that came out from uh, who's, who's the right tackle switching the left tackle just – uh, Penny Sewell was like, Hey man, this is really hard. <laughs> like, and obviously the, if you would have put Penny Sewell in last year's class with Jed and all of those guys, he would have been the first guy selected without a yeah. doubt. He would have been the Agreed. first guy selected in that class. So it's hard. And, and Jed didn't have any preseason. Jed didn't. And we'll, we'll break down Jed way more later. I got more to come on that, but like, you got to remember the challenges he was doing like in his backyard drills, like <laughs> from right tackle to left tackle, man, this guy's, this guy's hard. So you know, Tristan Wirfs gets to stay on the right side. He gets to play with the quarterback who gets the football out almost faster than anyone in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of advantages to what Tristan Wirfs is doing. I love Tristan Wirfs. He's a freak of nature athlete, testing guy. He's good. But he had some built-in advantages that someone like Jed didn't, and that's different. And there's there was new things for Jed to learn. So I'm not – I had a question that came up there in the Ask the Insider section at the OBR, John. Like, there's no remorse about taking – Tristan Wirfs, or sorry, there's no remorse about taking Jedrick Wills at all. It's way too early. And I think he was still fine his rookie year, uh, especially with all the challenges he faced. So we'll shift away from that, John. I want your opinion on OTAs. I feel like we've been doing this. It's like the theory of you have kids and you're like a middle-aged man and you feel like you wake up and it's the same day on repeat, like Groundhog Day. (laughs) My dad's favorite quote is like, uh, um, you know, say, what's up? He's like, you know, same fight, different round kind of thing. Like it just feels, I feel like every year we do this with OTAs, man. And, and I think if your expectation was that the Browns were all going to be there on time for OTAs because of uh, the climate of the NFL and the leader of the NFL PA being on their team, I think you were a little bit uh, expect expectations were wrong, right? This, it's just no need to panic about this stuff still true. Yeah. I mean, you know, cue the Groundhog Day 
throwing the toaster in the bathtub, you know, when I see this <laughs> pap- pop up on Twitter, because it just, it just doesn't matter. You know, we, we got the guys on the way now. Um, would you like to have everybody? Yeah, you would. But, you know, we didn't have anything last year. And these guys picked mm-hmm. up. And, uh, they're doing things on the side. And, and just ultimately, it just doesn't matter. You know, the rookie camp happened. That matters a little bit more to me than, than some of the, these bet camps. Sure. And, and it is and it is voluntary. Sorry, but, the, you know, they don't pay to make it guaranteed that these guys are there. So, you know, just there's I guess there's just nothing else to talk about. I mean, talk about the Indians yeah. or something, you know, because OTAs <laughs> aren't, aren't worth my time, you know. And no, I don't they're, really they're talk not. talk about the Indians either. No, I'm with you. <laughs> um, we love the Indians, but you know we can't talk about them all the time. But no, OTAs are like, uh, you know, it's they're timing things. They're just on the. If you want your team to have perfect like optics, uh, you know, then that's great. Everyone shows up on. But I think JC Treader's fighting a big fight. And let me ask you this: Would it? Would you rather? Okay, like somebody was. And I like Roberto on Twitter. He's a nice dude. I, I like him, but. Would you rather, okay, like they want Baker Mayfield to show up despite all of maybe, to me, from the outside, John, it's like, it looks to me like there's something going on unified with the offense, where they're saying, we talked with Kevin Stefanski, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we'll be there at these points. We're going to do this. I'm sure, I know for a fact, Baker has thrown with his guys. Uh, I have no doubt the offensive line, based on the veterans those guys are, have put in time. They're They're not sitting around doing nothing. Uh, they're not learning a new system. That's important too. They're not learning some new system where they got to go in and learn the verbiage and they're trying to learn. They're doing a lot of the same things this year. They're going to tweak things as any NFL team does, but they're doing a lot of the same things. So there's not a learning the new system challenge. I think they will get there. I would rather not have like Baker show up and maybe one other guy and it causes a big rift between the, the cohesiveness and the glue of this uh, plan they've had this offseason. I would rather not that happen. I, I just don't want I don't want there to be any disconnect on what the plan was and like oh well Baker's trying to show us up by arriving. You don't want those things. I'd rather them be unified. I'm sure they're putting in work. They're putting out the sick highlight workout videos. Baker had one up today. You know those guys with the production value of these things are like Marvel movies nowadays. But uh, <laughs> they're they're gonna be okay. I what I prefer guys. Would I prefer to see pictures and, and videos of the Browns all together at Berea working out? Yeah, of course that'd be cool. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows sometimes. I'm glad the defense is there because they might not have a new system going in, but they have potentially nine new starters. And Grant Delbert's a young guy, and Greedy didn't play in the system last year. I love seeing those guys there because there's a ton of value at that point. But I'm not I'm not going to sweat these guys, you know? It's just it feels like wasted energy, John. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot more to say. Like, and I don't really want to get into it, but I, I would have a lot more to say just about the whole the thing as a whole. I don't have really anything to say about the Browns specifically. I think what they're doing league wide, it's a tough ask for guys that don't have, that aren't made money, you know, in this. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's rough. And I think that's what's always been tough in terms of CBA negotiations and those kind of things is that there's the haves and the have nots and um, it's stuff like that. So I, you know, that's the discussion for me, not individual Browns players and, and, and what this might do for, you know, us, this is a league wide type thing. And, and like you said, it is much more important for the defensive guys who, you know, it's practically a brand new defensive side of the football. It is. Yeah. It is. There's a lot to learn there for a lot of guys. And, you know, I, I don't think it's like high school football or college football, even where the guys who are out for the year are hanging around the system, you know, like, 
they're not on the sideline. I mean, there's a lot for Greedy and a lot for Delpit to get in there and, and apply. So uh, I have I have no concern. I think if I'm concerned, I'll share it with you. Like I think, like man, if many if mandatory mini camp arrives and they're not all there, then you start saying, okay, this is probably a little bit of an issue at this point. So that's wasted energy. I would again, you're not wrong if you tell me like they should be at OTAs. Yeah, they probably should, but. You know they're grown men and they're trying to do something unique with the uh, with everything going on and and I'm sure they're getting the work in. I I don't have a doubt about this. I'm not going to waste my time arguing with folks about it. You know you have your opinion, that's fine. But from my perspective, it's not worth you spending energy on. So anyway, this was fun, John. Many good topics about things that don't matter tonight. We talked about <laughs> exactly. things for a half hour that don't even don't even matter. But that's how this goes for this two month stretch. So. As usual, my friend, I appreciate you. Have a good one, Jake. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. Please like, share, subscribe, do all those fun things with the podcast. Thanks for joining us on YouTube and subscribe to this YouTube because you go uh, go ahead and get notified every time we go live. So I appreciate that stuff. Thanks to John again, uh, and, and, and we'll keep going with uh, these things every day. We'll have a new Chalk Talk session for you guys tomorrow, which will be cool. We'll get with John Stephenson, and we'll talk. Uh, all about defensive techniques and fronts and all that fun stuff. So that's a wrap. Check you out again tomorrow when we can talk about some X's and O's. And uh, if you want to join us, grab a beer and let's talk football. And we'll see you there. Till next time, go Browns.